What's up, family? This your boy, your host, Minister LeVar Burden with Grace and Truth Ministries. And tonight on this episode, I want to talk about pain. I want to talk about pain. I want to talk about hurt because I know it's something that we all don't like. It's something that we all do not like going through. We hate going through it. We hate going through hurt. We hate having our heart broken. We hate losing somebody that we love. We hate having to deal with certain things and issues in our life because it brings so much pain. It brings so much hurt. And those of us who have lost a child or lost a mother or a father, those of us who have been abandoned in relationships or have been through a divorce, it's one of the most heartbreaking things to ever go through. And it's not liked. It is not liked. But let me say this. Pain is one of the most profitable things that we can have in our life. Did you hear what I said? Talk to me. I talk back. Pain is one of the most profitable things we could ever go through in life because pain brings about a certain profit. It's something that we get out of pain that we won't get in the joyful moments. We won't get in the happy times. We won't get when we celebrating, but it's something about pain that pushes us forward. It pushes us into our destiny. It pushes us into greater. So I want to talk about hurt tonight. I want to talk about pain. And for those of you who don't know me, some of you do and some of you don't. But I had a hard time in my life. I've been through two divorces. I lost a child. So if you don't know or follow me on TikTok, my name on TikTok is Preach the Living Word. And I shared the testimony that went viral on there. They kind of launched my ministry. So what had happened was, family, and just give me a second. I'm going to share this with you because I'm going to get a little personal. I'm very transparent about my life and what I've been through. But I want to share this with you. So in 2010, July 22nd, my house was broken into. I owned a retail store where I sold knockoff coach bags and Louis purses and all that kind of stuff, right? And it brought me a lot of business. I gained a lot of business out of it. I, I made very good money, met great people, did a lot of traveling back and forth. And as I did that, some of the younger guys in the city, knowing that I had this store, um, they thought I kept this product at my house. Because what me and my ex-wife used to do, we would throw purse parties at our house. And I would, you know, I would let my wife just kind of like invite her friends over and I would buy, you know, food and maybe champagne or wine or something for the ladies to just drink and kind of look over my purses and my 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 Gucci belts and um, coach bags and, and Louis Vuitton bags and stuff like that. Sunglasses, you know, so the women really enjoyed themselves. And then word got around to the wrong set of guys. One day, the guys came to my house and two of them was outside. And one of them actually had the guts to try to come in. And the guy ripped through the window of my house. And it was me, my wife, and our three kids at home. And at that time, we was watching a scary movie. And the guy came through the window with a gun and he pointed the gun at us and was like, you already know what time it is. And I froze up. I froze up. And as he was crawling through the window, my wife was pounding on my leg. Baby, he coming in. LeVar, he's coming in. He's coming in. And it snapped me out of it. 
And when I snapped out of it, I ran upstairs to go get my gun. And when I ran upstairs to go get my gun, I made sure I cocked it back and put one in the head. So I crept downstairs and the guy was telling me to come downstairs or I'm going to kill all these kids. So as the guy was yelling at, I'm looking under the step part of my ceiling where I can kind of duck down and look. And my wife at that time, my ex-wife, she grabbed my son out of his hand. And she took him downstairs and I opened fire on him and he shot back at me. So me and the guy actually kind of got into a light shootout. After we got into the shootout, my gun jammed. So I ran back upstairs and I retrieved into my bedroom and I'm standing by my bedroom door. And I just remember, Lord, this is this is it. This is crazy. I kept thinking I'm about to die like I'm about to die. And my gun was jammed and I was trying to get the bullet out of my gun. And when I finally got the bullet out of my gun, the guy kept yelling for me to come downstairs. And I told him, whatever you're looking for, it's up here. Come up here and come get it. Come get it. And I was yelling at the guy, telling the guy this. So after I said that, I heard footsteps. Doof, 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 doof. And I'm thinking, man, this is it. Like, I'm about to die. This is really it. I'm about to die. This is crazy. I wasn't thinking I was about to live. I really thought I was about to die. I've never been into nothing like this. And as I heard the guy getting closer, I cocked the hammer back and I put one in the chamber. So soon as I heard him get up the stairs, because I could hear his heavy feet stomping up the stairs, doof, doof, doof. And soon as I heard him get to the top of the stairs, I stepped out in the hallway from my bedroom and I shot. Only to shoot and realize it wasn't him. It was my seven-year-old daughter who had ran upstairs to get to me. It was my seven-year-old daughter. She was running upstairs to come to me. And I had accidentally shot my baby. That changed my life. That changed my life, family. I will never, ever, ever be the same. Going through that, going through that moment of losing my daughter and that time in my life, it broke me. And then the next year, they took all three of my kids from my home. And then after that, I went to prison for four years. And then after that, my wife left me two months into my prison sentence. It was literally just me and God, nobody else. Wasn't nobody writing me no letters. Wasn't nobody there for me. Out of all the friends and family who said they loved me and that they was there for me, nobody was there for me at the toughest time in my life. But my auntie, my auntie was the only one. Besides her, all I had was God. I had to do four years in prison by myself. And I remember when I got to prison, I kept, ugh, I was so angry with God. I was so hurt with God. And I kept saying, you allow my daughter to die. You allow my daughter to die. You allow my baby to be taken. You could have took me. You could have took me, but you allowed my daughter to be taken. And I cussed God out. I was mad. I was angry with God. I was cussing at him. I was cussing at God. And I remember his response because his response scared me. I have never felt God's pain. I have never felt God's anger, excuse me, in my life except that day. 
I've never felt him angry. But that day when he responded to me, I felt his anger. And I remember the Lord saying to me, I remember the Lord saying to me, that's not your daughter. You're just a steward over what I gave you. Did you hear what I said? Talk to me. I talk back. I remember God's response. He said, he said, that's not your daughter. You're just a steward over what I gave you. And it scared me so bad because I felt his anger and I calmed down. I dumbed it down and I said, Lord, but my baby, my baby, you allowed my daughter to be taken. That's my daughter, my baby. And he said it again. That's not your daughter. You just a steward over what I gave you. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14 says the heavens and the highest of heavens and, and the earth and all that's in it belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. Your house belongs to God. Your car belongs to God. Your money belongs to God. Your material things belongs to God. Your children belongs to God. Your wife, you belong to God. The Bible says you are not your own. You was bought with a price. Everything you have belongs to God. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have it. Did you hear what I said? Everything that you have belongs to God because nothing that you have, you got by yourself. You got it through God's grace. You wouldn't have none of that stuff because if God didn't allow your hands to work, you wouldn't be able to work to make the money. If God didn't allow you to be able to see, you wouldn't be able to drive to work. If God didn't allow you to function in your being and allow you to be able to do the things you're doing, you wouldn't be able to do nothing without God. Everything belongs to him. Everything. You know, and it's so easy for us to get caught up and we start to think and tend to think that the stuff that we have, we literally start to think that these is my children. This my house. That's my car. When all when all honesty, everything belongs to his. He says the heavens and the highest of heavens and the earth and its fullness. Everything that's in it. He says all that stuff belongs to me because I created you. I brought these things about. You didn't get that on your own. I made sure you made that money because I gave you the health to go to work. I gave you the strength to be able to go to work. I gave you the strength to be able to do the job that you're doing. You couldn't do nothing without me. You are literally paralyzed without me. There's nothing you can do with. There's nothing you can do without God. So when you look at your children, your children belong to God. I know some of y'all done lost a child. I know some of y'all done lost a mother or your father, but guess what? They belong to God before they belong to you. Talk to me. I talk back. They belong to God before they belong to you. The children, that was a loan. That, that, that everything that you have, that house, that car, that's just a loan. Because everything returns back to the owner. Mm. When you leave this earth, you don't take nothing with you. Everything goes back to God. We don't take nothing, nothing. And it's so easy for us to look at things that way because we look at it from a natural standpoint, not understanding that although we live in the natural, baby, we are really in a spiritual world. Do you know that if you could actually see if God allowed your eyes to be open right now, do you know how many demons and angels you would see every day walking with people? Mm. Do you know how many evil spirits and demonic spirits you will see riding on the back of a person's neck or a person's back, riding in a car with a family, riding an angel actually going before cars and making pathways and crooked ways straight? 
Do you see? Do you hear what I'm saying? Talk to me. Everything we are, everything that we have belongs to God. And this world that we're living in, yes, you see it from a from a physical place because that's all your eyes can see. When all, when all actuality, we live in a spiritual world. We are surrounded by spirits. We are surrounded by spirits. You know how much God protects you every day? I know it's hard. I know you lost your mother. I know you lost your father. But trials, hard times, they produce something in you. When I say they produce something in you, what I'm saying is God allows trials because of a profit or benefit to our spiritual walk. When you go through a heartbreak, when you lose a child, when you lose a mother or a father, when you lose a job, when you lose a car, whatever it may be, whatever that pain is, when your heart is broken by a divorce or a relationship, when your heart is broken because family turned their back on you, people abandon you in your life. When your heart is broken about these things, these things bring about a spiritual benefit to your life. You get stronger. You get endurance. You get strength into be, in being steadfast. You get a perseverance about you. You get, you, you, you get a sense of discernment. God literally starts to impute. Uh, oh, my God. God literally starts to impute the, the fruits of the spirit within you as you go through a trial, as you go through an abandonment or a loss. It's a spiritual gain that you need. But the spiritual gain that you need is for the next ob obstacle that you're going to go through because you're going to need it again. Because I'm telling you right now, a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's only three, it's three stages to it. You either about to go through it or going through it or coming out of it. And it is a repeated cycle. You're going to have your days and your moments and times where things aren't so bad, where things are going good. But I don't never want you to think for a minute that you're just going to live this life without pain. I don't never want you to live this life thinking that you ain't going to have no problems, that you ain't going to have no trials. Because I know a lot of us, we tend to listen to them feel good messages. You know, when pastors be talking about things is going to shift and how things is going to be so great and things is going to be so beautiful and God is going to bless you. Yeah, you're going to get all that, but you're going to go through the heartbreak first. You're going to go through the trial first. You're going to go through the crushing first. See, you don't get the blessing without the crushing. You don't get the blessing without the trial. The blessing comes after the trial because how would you know God is a healer uh, if you ain't sick? How do you know? How would you know if God is a provider if you wasn't broke, if you was lacking? You wouldn't know that. How would you know that he is Yahweh Shema, the Lord that's there, if nobody else abandoned you? Because you would have that company. See, but when everybody else has abandoned you, then this is when you realize he's Yahweh Shema. He's the Lord that's there. He's Yahweh Rapha. He is the Lord that heals. He is Yahweh Jireh. He's the Lord that provides. Because when you are lacking, he going to provide for you. The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread. You think God going to let you starve? You think our Lord is going to keep you broke? You think God is not going to heal you? But we got to keep this in mind, family. We got to keep this one thing in mind. 
everything that we happen, just like I went through what I went through. And in prison, they used to prison in prison. They used to call me the modern day Job, literally the modern day Job, because everything that I went through, I didn't lose 10 kids. I lost. I lost four. Did you hear what I said? I lost four. But everything I went through was the pattern of Job. But at the same time, at the same time, when I was going through that trial, that trial, that's what made me to the person I am today. When I went through those problems, that heartbreak, that's what made me into the person that I am today. Because God put that perseverance in me. He put that endurance in me. He put that strength in me. So I'm able to move forward. I'm not getting stuck no more. I'm able, uh, glory be to glory be to God. Because he showed me I am Yahweh Rapha. I'm the one who heals. Your heart is broken. I can heal that heart. You lacking financially. You lacking mentally and emotionally. I can give you that. I can provide that for you. See, one thing I want you to keep in mind is whatever situation you're going through, God is going to provide for that situation. You're not on your own. Just because everybody else walked away from you, just because your family abandoned you, baby, you still got God. You still got the Father. You still got, you're still covered by the blood of Christ. You're still his child. You're still his children. You are his beloved. Do you hear what I'm saying? Talk to me. I talk back, please. You are still God's child. And as you are God's child, listen, he said, look at the birds of the air. They need to sow nor reap. But look what I do for them. I still provide for them. I still cover them. So do not worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat. Because if I provide for them, why wouldn't I provide for you? Are you not worth much more? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are worth so much more to God. You worth more than the birds of the air. Baby, God created you for himself. So don't never feel like it don't matter who leave you in your life. I don't care who not there. I don't care who abandoned you. I don't care what divorce you went through. As long as you got God, you're going to be all right. As long as God is on your side, you're going to be all right. You ain't got to worry about family and friends being there. Everybody can walk away. I don't care who leave me. I don't care what divorce I went through. I went through a season and a time of my life where nobody was there but God. And you know, he literally blessed me after blessing after blessing. When I first got to prison, I ain't even had no money. But I started preaching in quarantine because after God gave me that revelation, when God gave me that revelation, when I first got to prison and I ain't had no money and I started doing little Bible studies in my prison, the brothers, uh, the brothers were so thank the brother was so welcoming and, 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 and I was, and because of my anointing, because what a God did in my life, the brothers received me so much that they started ordering me food when I didn't have no money. See, God provides through people. See, although a bag of money ain't going to drop from heaven, but God will give it to somebody else's hands to come bless you. Did you hear what I said? God will put it in somebody else's hands to bless you. So whatever else you need, God will bless you through people. He will send the right people in your life at the right time. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. See, when we go through trials, I want to say this. Let me point out a couple of things to you. When we go through trials, because of the benefit of profit that trials bring in our spiritual walk. Number one, one of the benefits is in your character. Did you hear what I said? One of the benefits is in your character. And what I mean by that is God brings patience, 
perseverance, endurance, long-suffering, and he strengthens you. He strengthens you with the fruit of the Spirit. A, that's A. B, God provides, there is a benefit to your spiritual walk mentally. In your, in, in, in your, in your mental benefit, it challenges us to remember his past work in our life and to walk by what we know and not by what we feel. Glory be to God. Did you hear what I said? God sets our mind on him mentally. So when we go through a trial, when we go through a trial, it challenges what we remember in our past, in God's past work, the things that God has done in our life. So when you're going through a trial, God is saying, I know you're in the fire right now, but I want you to remember what I brought you through in the last fire. Well, how I how I put you in the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo, and you didn't get burned. See, I want you to remember the last fire that you went through because I put you in the last fire, but you didn't get burned. I allowed you to go through that divorce, and it didn't kill you. I allowed you to lose your mother or your father, and it didn't destroy you. I allowed you to lose a child, and it didn't destroy you. I allowed you to go through that heartbreak, losing that job, losing that house. I allowed you to go through that, but it didn't break you. And God is saying mentally, when you're going through something, when you're going through a trial, he says, I'm challenging you mentally to remember what I've done in the past. And I want you to focus on me. Um, Peter, I want you to focus on me. Don't look at the water, Peter. Don't look at the waves, Peter. Don't look at the storm. Focus on me while you're walking on water. Water represents trouble. Water represents problems. So he's saying, I want you to look at me, Peter. Look me in my eyes. Don't keep, don't take your eyes off of me. Don't look at the storm. Look at me and keep walking. But where we go wrong is we do like Peter did. And our eyes, our eyes literally try, our eyes literally try to be focused. And when I say our eyes, our perception, our perception. We try to look at two things at once, and that, that cannot happen. That's impossible. You cannot look at God and look at the problem at the same time. You got to focus on one, baby. That's what you got to do. You got to focus on one. Either you're going to focus on God or you're going to focus on the problem. Which one you going to give your time? Which one you going to give your eyes to? Which one are you going to let which one are you going to let your vision be on? Is it going to be on God or is it going to be on the problem? And God is saying, I need you to focus on me because when you don't focus on me, you're going to drown. <clears throat> the problem is going to overcome you. The problem is going to overtake you. And I want you, uh, I want you to survive. I want you to be strengthened. I want endurance for you. I want long suffering for you. I want patience for you. So I need you to focus on me because what I'm doing, I'm building something. Number three, number three, trials, it challenges our faithfulness, our morals and our steadfastness. Glory be to God. Did you hear what I said? Trials, they challenge our faithfulness, our morals and our steadfastness. Glory be, to, glory be to God. It challenges our stableness of mind under duress. Mm. Did you hear what I said? Talk to me, please, somebody. The trial that you're going through in your life, baby, is challenging your faithfulness. Is you going to stay faithful to God in this trial or is you going to give up? Is you going to stay faithful and believe in God? 
Mm -mm. He said, I will withhold no good thing from you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsaken you. So because I allowed you to go through this trial, are you going to stay faithful to me like I'm staying faithful to you? Are you going to continue with morals? So if I allowed you to get broke in this season of your life, are you going to come up with a quick get money scheme or are you going to have morals? Are you going to be an honest person? Are you going to be a person of integrity? Are you going to be a person of constancy? Glory be to God. So God is saying, I'm testing your steadfastness as well. I am testing the stableness of your mind. Are you going to be calm or are you going to lose it? Because right now, this ain't the time to lose your head. I know you're going through it, but this ain't the time to lose your head. I don't want you to go off feelings. I want you to focus on me. Glory be to God. Number four, number four, I think I'm on five, five. Number five, trials. They challenge how set apart we are from the world. <clears throat> Did you hear what I said? Trials, they challenge how set apart from the world we are. Do we handle things as the world when problems come? Or do we handle things as a follower of Christ? The way Jesus did when he faced problems in situations. Do you handle them with faith or anxiety. Mm. See, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So when you are going through a trial, are you walking by faith or are you walking by fear? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. See, I didn't like what I've been through. I didn't like that hurt. I didn't like that pain. And although I went through that part of my life, but because I went through that and God allowed me to survive, he gave me the perseverance out of my trial. He gave me the strength and endurance out of my trial, and it catapulted me into my destiny. This is what you see right now. I'm not broken. I'm stronger. I am not broken. I'm healed. Glory be to God. So, so when you're going through hurt and you're going through pain, it never feels good, but it's a benefit to it. Do not forsake do not forsake small beginnings. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do not forsake the trial that you're going through. I know it's tough, but I want you to keep in mind, you're going to get some good out of this. You're going to get some good out of this. It's something good that's going to come out of this. I know your heart was broken, but you're going to get some good out of this. I know you went through that divorce, but you're going to get some good out of this. I know you lost your mother, but you're going to get some good out of this. I know you lost a child, but you're going to get some good out of this. See, it might not seem good to you. You know, I used to say to myself, why I got to go through all this stuff just for God to give me this? I don't want to have to go through this stuff for God to give me this. But at the end of the day, who am I to question God? The Bible says, the Bible says, who um, the, does the does the clay, does the lump of clay have the right to say to the potter who formed it? Why have you made me this way? Who can question God? Now, although we can ask questions and yes, you're not wrong. But at the end of the day, that don't mean he got an answer. That don't mean he have to give you revelation. That don't mean he has to reveal it to you because 
you might not see what he doing, but he know what he doing. So even in a loss that's serious, God knows that what I'm doing is for your good. It's a benefit you're going to get out of this that's going to keep you in the long run. Because if I didn't allow this test to happen now, the thing that you're going to go through later on, it could take you out. It could wipe you out. You might be ready to commit suicide. You might be ready to throw in the towel. You might be ready to walk away from Christ. You might be ready to walk away from God. But he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you right now. And I'm going to allow this to happen because it's going to bring a benefit in your life. Number six, it challenges if we have complete trust, confidence in and relying on God. It is the sanctification of our heart. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Listen, family, I know it's hard to accept, but these problems and these situations and these trials that we go through, there are something, there is something that God is trying to give you that you don't have right now. There are things that are missing in your life that God is trying to give you right now. I want you to embrace it. I want you to embrace it. First James chapter two, I mean, chapter one, verse two, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He says, I want you to look at it ah, as a joyful place, as a delight, because, because this testing, this trial that you're going through, it's going to produce something in you. Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your word would anoint the hearts of those who listening, who hearing, Father God. Father, if you saved me, if you redeemed me, I know you would do it for them. Save them, Lord, in Jesus' name. I just give you all honor. I give you all glory. Thank God. Thank God. In the name of Yahshua, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. I thank you, family. I thank you. And I love you. And I hope this blessed you. I hope this truly blessed you. Because I want you to get this, that out of every pain, every situation you go through, there's a blessing and a profit behind it.